0: I've been looking forward to spending some time with you. Hi, this is Candy O'Terry. Welcome to a very special holiday edition of the story behind her success. Gratitude is such a powerful emotion, and I'm always grateful for you. I get so many emails from listeners, and quite a few people have asked me about my background. Joanna from Detroit wrote, You always ask, what's your story at the end of every show? And I want to know what your story is. How long have you been interviewing women and where did you get your start? Okay, Joanna, here's the story. I'm a lifelong singer. And when I was growing up, I was that kid who was singing into her hairbrush. I fronted a band for about 10 years when my kids were little. And I started singing jingles that ended up on the radio. And that's how I got the idea of working at a radio station. Now I was a struggling single mom at the time and I got a scholarship to attend a school called the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. It was summertime and they had a chapter of the school here in Massachusetts and it was right beside the Charles River and my kids used to come with me. Chris was about 11, Colleen was eight and they would go fishing right outside the window of the classroom so that I could see what they were doing and the joke is I would pay Chris a dollar to take care of his sister and an extra dollar not to throw her into the river. Okay, so after attending broadcasting school, I landed a job at this big station in Boston called Magic 106.7. About a year into the job, we had a disc jockey with a terrible habit of falling asleep on the radio. This is the absolute truth. And that's how I got my shot because my boss fired him. And then it was the weekend he had nobody to put on the air that night. And trust me, I was really bad, okay? I have the tapes to prove it. But my boss believed in me, and slowly but surely, I got better and better. And I learned then that taking chances and being brave always takes you one step closer to success. Radio became like oxygen for me. I was one of those people who loved her job. So I spent 25 years on that station, and along the way, I created a very successful show called Exceptional Women. And when I left the station, I knew that I had to keep interviewing women. So I created this podcast, the story behind her success, kind of a ripoff of my original idea, and then the Candio Radio Network so that I could syndicate my content. This next question comes from Charlotte. She's in New Haven, Connecticut. And she asks, what is the theme song we always hear at the beginning and the end of your show? Okay, good question, Charlotte. It's called You Are the Only One. And guess what? I co-wrote and I recorded that song with a rocker from Boston. His name is Charlie Farron. And here's how the vocal sounds. We'll just play a little bit of it for you. That's You Are The Only One, me and Charlie Barron. He spells his last name F-A-R-R-E-N. And you can find that song wherever you download your music. The O'Brien family from Walpole, Massachusetts, listen to the show together every weekend. And they sent me a note asking, what's your favorite interview of all time? That's a tough one because, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years and I've interviewed, wait for it, almost 1,000 women at this point. But if I had to choose, it would be my interview with Mariah Carey. Now, I wanted to impress her, so I came to her penthouse suite when she was here in Boston at the Four Seasons with 16 long-stem white roses, one for every number one song she had ever had at that time. And it had a great Big diva bow on the outside of the box. She told me about how she used to write poems in a purple journal that she kept hidden in her bureau and that she worked in a beauty salon for about a minute, sweeping hair off the floor. She also told me she lived in a tiny apartment in Greenwich Village with a girlfriend and they had absolutely no money. So she was a starving singer. Somebody offered her $5,000 for that purple journal that was full of the poems I told you about? Well, those poems became songs. But she believed in herself, and she said no, even though she needed the money so badly. And when she got signed to Columbia Records, that journal contained her first five number one songs. Here's what Mariah told me in that interview.
1: I knew what I wanted to do since I was four years old, so there was never any question, but that's not normal. I grew up without having a lot of money. My parents divorced when I was really young. I had this drive to achieve my goals because I wanted to elevate myself. I was in high school, and I was already making what would be my first album, and people just didn't get that concept. They don't believe that it can actually happen, and if you don't believe that you can make it at something, you won't. There's something that I've always been able to do, which is go within myself and really dig down and just hold on to faith and truly believe if you put God first, you will get through anything. No matter what happens to me at this point in my life, I'm fine because I've learned so many life lessons and that's really a blessing.
0: I had a lifelong dream to hear myself singing on the radio. Well, that dream came true when I asked my friend, Grammy nominee Jim Brickman, if I could record his number one Christmas song called The Gift. And he agreed. Now, the original song is a duet between Colin Ray and Susan Ashton. It's just beautiful. But my duet partner, was another radio guy named David Corey. And we had never sung together until the very moment that we got into the studio to record this song. So here it is, The Gift. Jim Brickman, David Corey, and me. When a snow...
2: Time stood still, but the colors fade away, and the years will make us gray. But, baby, in my eyes, you still be beautiful. Save my heart from being broken apart. You gave
0: That's Jim Brickman, David Corey, and me on The Gift. Here's another question from Genevieve in Newton, Massachusetts, who wrote to say that she used to listen to me on the air all the time. And she asks, what's the strangest thing that ever happened to you on the radio? (laughs) Genevieve, there are so many stories. Okay, here we go. This is my favorite one. I was running for the train one morning, and you just cannot be late when you're on the air. You have to be there exactly on time, no excuses, no dead air. So here I am, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. I'm going down the platform and my shoe falls off. If I had stopped to get it, I would have missed the train. So I kept on running with one shoe on and one shoe off. And when I got on the air in my first break, I said, if anybody happens to be in the area of the Auburndale MBTA station and they happen to see a woman's size eight white pump, can you pick it up? and bring it to me. Well, a limo driver went to the train stop, got my shoe, and brought it to me on the air. True story. In business and in life, relationships and making connections is everything. I had a rare chance to interview a prodigy, a saxophonist named Grace Kelly, when she was only about 15 years old. Her parents told me that she had a sense of musicality from the day she was born. And by the time she was 12 years old, she was playing her saxophone at Borders bookstores. Now, she's a very tiny person, and I can only imagine how tiny she was at 12. And the instrument had to be supported by a pillow on her lap. Grace even started college at Berkeley when she was only 16, and she was already composing for full orchestras like the Boston Pops. And I knew she was going to be a superstar someday. I knew that I was in the presence of greatness in that very first interview with Grace Kelly. So years pass, and we remain friends, and I asked her to record the beautiful Christmas song, Silent Night With Me. Brad Hatfield, also a very dear friend, amazingly talented Emmy Award-winning composer, He did the chart for the song for us And he plays the piano on the song as well Here we go With Silent Night Grace Kelly on saxophone Next question comes from Jack in Marshfield, Massachusetts. He asks, What's your favorite interview of 2023? Again, hmm, Jack, this is hard because every interview is really just so special. Um, uh, hmm. okay, let's go with Laura DeSisto. She wrote a book called Resurfacing. Laura spent her life terrified of sharks. And you guessed it, they scare the you-know-what out of me as well. So here she is, she's in her 50s, her kids are in college, so she's an empty nester. Her best friend announces that she's taking her scuba diving in the Bahamas. So they took some lessons that, you know, I guess they do this in the swimming pool at first, Right. And then, after they get the basics down, they put the students out on a boat, and they go into the warm ocean waters, where Laura was tethered to her teacher for her very first dive. I'll let her take it from here. So we get to the bottom, and he gives us the hand signals to check that we're all okay. There's maybe four or five of us. And... He starts to swim off and he kind of gives us the signal, follow me. And so I am like glued to him. I mean, I'm the first one right behind him. I could touch him if I needed to. And so he stops behind this coral head and I stop with him. And we've got our knees on the sand. We're maybe 40 or 50 feet down. And I look off in the distance and I see this dark shape. And I think, huh, I wonder what could that be? And it gets closer and closer and closer, and eventually I realized it's a shark and it's coming right at us. Eventually, it was within probably one or two feet of us to the point where I could see its eyes looking at, like you. I could see <laughs> not they don't really have the whites of their eyes, like, <laughs> but I mean, I could see into its eyes. By the way, it turns out that the Bahamas is the shark capital of the world, and these sharks are everywhere. <laughs> These days, though, Laura swims with sharks on the regular. Yes, she does. She has conquered that fear, and she is more confident because of it. Every woman I interview has so much wisdom to share. Laura says, do what scares you. Take a chance. This is how you learn. This is how you live your life to the fullest. Now, I'm not going swimming with sharks anytime soon, but I am determined to do what brings me joy to continue to bring you stories that will inspire you to do great things with your own life, to dream big. So I'd like to leave you with one last song. I've been in the recording studio a lot these days, laying down songs I just love to sing because, well, I just want to always have them, including this one from Karen Carpenter. This is Merry Christmas, Darling, featuring, you guessed it, Grace Kelly on the sax solo.
3: Greeting cards have all been sent The Christmas rushes through But I still have one wish to make A special one for you Merry Christmas, darling I wish I would.
0: For you this Christmas? Time to relax a bit over the holidays. To press that reset button. Time for friends and family. That's really what it's all about, right? Being with those we love. Time for gratitude, for love, for hope, for planting seeds that will bloom for you in 2024. So I promise I will keep the stories coming if you promise to keep on listening. So, from everyone at my house, including our producer, John Shea, and the team that helps me put our podcast together every week, Dan Tebow, Sydney Corcoran, and JC Don Valeris, to everyone at your house, season's greetings, and Happy New Year. And that's the story behind her success, the holiday edition. I'm always on the lookout for the next woman to profile, so please reach out and nominate her today if you know someone who's a good fit for the show. Just go to candyoterry.com. That's candy with a Y, -Y O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. Download the songs you heard on this episode wherever you get your music. I'll have a new inspiring story for you next week. And remember, when we lift each other up, we all rise. What's your story? I can't wait to hear it.